Howdy, disciples, and welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Batson, and we pick up on this episode where we left off last time with Alfredo and Cheryl Rodriguez. The life of the pub that the public sees of an artist, sees of another person, is so often it can look so idyllic from the outside. But what's really going on can be so different. There can be challenges that we have no idea about that they're facing. These challenges can be crushing for those involved. But as we're going to see in this episode, the Lord never leaves us. The Lord never forsakes us. And he moves us forward closer to him. Let's continue with Alfredo and Cheryl. Tell us a little bit about how did the Lord carry you guys through that? Um, and how did your faith strengthen as a result of that? What, what, you know, how did the Lord work in your lives uh, through that, which is like an ultimate difficulty? Yeah. Well, in from my point of view, um, she committed suicide. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I'm the one who found her dead. Bipolar disorder. She, she was bipolar. a bipolar okay. disorder and um, uh, suffered from some illness called uh, Asperger's. Well, she was she was probably high functioning autism as well. Mm. That we actually found first when she was about nine. They diagnosed her with that. But autistic children are not always depressed the way she was, and so that didn't really give us the whole picture and it took till she was 15 and a brain scan we did a, a they called it a spect scan or it's like a pet scan on her brain and that's when they discovered the bipolar oh wow yeah, well anyway I, i'm i'm the one who found it there and um, i remember that very vividly that moment when uh she spent the night that day um, at grandma's house, Cheryl's mom, and um, and I was going to, uh, uh, I told her, you know, okay, I'm going to come tomorrow morning uh, around 10 o'clock and take you out for breakfast. And Because um, she'd been very upset and depressed. Her sister, her, the middle girl, was 16 and had left on a mission trip for Ethiopia with the church, hmm. the ch uh, another a different church. We started attending a different church. Uh, a few years, a number of years ago. Yeah. And she went on a mission trip to Ethiopia. And I think our oldest daughter, Anna, uh, felt really badly about it. She was 18. She dropped out of school, um, high school. She didn't finish her senior year. She had a little job with Pollo Loco and was not really happy with it. By 18, she wanted a job, her driver's license, and an apartment. And she had the job, mm -hmm. but not the apartment, and she couldn't get her driver's license. She kept struggling with that. She would get anxious and mess up the driving test. She took it two, three times. Yeah. So wow. um, she was very discouraged, and here was her younger sister going off on a mission trip to Ethiopia, looking like she had a life. 
which wasn't necessarily the case, sure. but I think Hannah saw it and it was very discouraging to her. Yeah, but I, I was going to mention the moment that I, um, that I felt. Um, when I went over there and um, her grandmother wasn't there, uh, she was alone in her room. Um, I didn't know she was dead, but I knocked her, she locked herself in her room and I, I just yelled, Anna, Anna, Anna. And, and, and then I looked through the, uh, there was a little gap that I saw in the, in the, the do in, through the door. And I saw that she was laying on the ground and uh, with her feet, with her feet up in the, and uh, the uh, on the bed, and uh, so I called Cheryl, uh, and, and her, I think she was with her mom also. They were uh, doing uh, they went to the beauty shop or something. I don't, I don't remember, but it's, that's that's not important. Um, so, so uh, some been with Gina. I we I call yeah uh, I called the paramedics, and uh, so anyway when they came. They opened the door, they forced it. No, 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 I came, uh, her, yeah, I talked to her her mom, uh, grandma, and uh, she said, go to the side of the house and open the window. I always leave a little gap in there. Open the window, maybe you can you can go through that and, 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 and check on Anna. And so I did, and and uh, she was, she had one of those closed pins, how do you call it? Closed pins. Close pin. Mm -hmm. on, the, on her nose and wow. she was uh, she covered her head with a plastic bag um so anyway i yell and I scream and all the stuff but at the same time i felt this peace i felt like uh, uh god was telling me alfredo don't worry about it she is with me i'm taking wow. care of her um she's in my presence and uh, I'll take care of from now on. Is is in my hands. Wow. You guys go on with your life. It's gonna hurt. I know it's going to hurt, but eventually you're gonna come and meet her here where I am. And wow. uh, and um, it was her time to go. That's not the way I had planned, but uh, she. It was her decision. And uh, but it, I felt such a peaceful thing to the point that I felt guilty for feeling so peaceful. Um, after the course, I cried. Of course, the pain came afterwards. And uh, I mean, for, for, for three months, I couldn't paint. I couldn't hold a brush. Um, it was really a tough situation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, um, and then seeing my, my wife crying every single day, it was the most painful thing I've ever, I've ever experience mm. and, and of course we call our daughter julia who was in uh ethiopia. in ethiopia and they they came back and stuff no they stayed honey for the whole trip that's right it was 10 no, days no. when they come back they, when they, when they come back, back then we then we, we had the service we had oh, yeah. the memorial service and she was just you know there it's was, a long trip to ethiopia very long and we just didn't feel that for 10 days it was worth having everybody reschedule and replan and try to get her home. Yeah. So but, we left her there. But one, 
one big change that happened in our family is that uh, I felt more united with my wife. Um, we got, uh, I've seen some people that couples that had the same experience and they separate or they blame each other mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in our case, it was all the opposite. Uh, we got together, we understood each other better. And uh, uh, there were, I, I must confess, there were some moments that I thought I to terminate my life because mm-hmm. it was so painful. Sure. It was so painful. But then when I saw my wife crying and I saw my 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 daughters crying and this is the time when they need daddy the most. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can do this. So I, I just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and um, every time God would just give me this feeling of uh, peace and, and, and freedom and and uh, just knowing that that uh, she's not going to suffer anymore, and uh, we did we didn't have to go take her to hospitals and 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 doctors and counselors and all kinds of you know and yes. um, so it brought a lot of peace into our lives. Of course, it's been nothing but crying for the next few years for the it's been eighteen years eighteen now. years now. Yeah, but wow. Um, but yeah. just knowing that she's with the Lord because she was a Christian, she she received the Lord when she was what eighty eight. She was about eleven. Eleven. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, she was she was uh, she loved the Lord. She loved the Lord, and uh, uh, I remember uh, just a few weeks before she took her own life, she was asking us, you know, uh, Mom, Dad, um, are you sure I am saved? Uh, <sighs> When somebody dies, I mean, do, do we go to heaven right away or do we get? I said, and we were so naive, we never thought that she was going to kill herself. She was already thinking about it. She mm-hmm. asked that several times, actually, yeah. over a period of a few years. Yes. So oh, she'd okay. been thinking about suicide. Um, she'd been thinking about it for a long time since she was about nine. And she actually swallowed a bottle of Tylenol. On one occasion. At, on, at that time, at nine years old. And I didn't know it. Her stomach started bothering her. I took her to the doctor. They examined her, did everything. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then it was years later that we found out. So I don't know how many suicide attempts she'd already had. Wow. But she had wanted to die for a long time. Mm. Yeah, she said that she wasn't equipped to live in this world. Yeah. She said that she I'm, not, I'm, not mentally, I'm not mentally ca- capable nor physically capable of uh, dealing with the problems of this world. And uh, of course, going to school was a struggle. Uh, She did very well the first years, but then uh, progressively she was doing worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. to the point that she she just couldn't stand it anymore. Anyway, that was the most horrible. That was was definitely the biggest challenge of our, not just married life, family life, but of our lives period yeah yeah then after that is when i especially i had started to become ill because raising her was very stressful from Mm. birth Mm. i we rarely slept regularly and it was stressful every day trying to deal with her the fighting between her and the middle sister they fought a lot even though they said they loved each other but they they fought a lot um, just trying to get kids settled in bed, plus all the other things, you know, homework and meals on the table and, and 
bills paid and all of that for years and years, I was living with a huge amount of stress and it took a toll on my body. I was also depressed, had depression and anxiety, which is very stressful to live with. And so by the time Anna died, my body was shutting down. I had uh, something called adrenal fatigue. Your adrenals just no longer function properly. Mm. And I was exhausted, just exhausted. I sometimes had to sleep for three or four days in a row, hardly getting out wow. of bed. So it was not a, a, a good thing. The whole rearing of her was a difficult ordeal. Her death, I, I do believe God blessed us, saved us from worse things that could have happened. People with bipolar in adulthood often um, live on the streets. Mm. They often have children um, without, you know, they're not married. They just have kids. Yeah. Um, I had a... They end up on drugs or alcohol right. because they self-medicate. They don't like to take medication. Right. And um, so it was rough. Yeah. Yes. I in one occasion in those days, a very, very strong uh, graphic uh, dream in which the, I saw Anna driving uh, because she couldn't learn to drive. Uh, she, she would get very anxious and, and make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And in one occasion, I almost ran over a, a homeless guy, uh, but um, nothing happened. I mean, she... I remember that she God saved her. Yeah, saved her for a lot of stuff. But I saw in the dream Anna driving and um, running over this guy that we saw uh, in, on the streets and running over him and then um, killing uh, uh, a lady with a stroller. With a, she had a baby over there, ran over them, um, and then... Um, got into drugs and and all kinds of ugly things mm -hmm. and when i and i woke up and i i almost felt this voice that was telling me i think it was god telling me you know what this this is exactly what could have happened if she was still alive mm -hmm. and but i wanted I, I i didn't want her to suffer and i didn't want you guys to suffer so that's why i took her she had wow. already been showing signs of some behavioral issues. She found pot from kids at junior high. She had certain friends that were not the greatest. Um, she had cigarettes and none of our family smoked. None of our friends smoked. There are no smokers in our milieu. She was beginning to. to... Just beginning. Yeah. Yes. And so... You, I could see that had she been on her own completely out somewhere that there were, it was telling us that there was a possibility of some of serious problems in the future. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Out but of she that, never did. It never happened. Thank God. Out of that tragedy, uh, we were, even during that tragedy, which I couldn't paint for three months, as I said, God was providing. Yeah. God was helping us. God was we have a guy, uh, a friend of us, that sent us a check for $2,000. Um, uh, a collector. A, an art collector. Um, we, a church helped us. Um, 
And then the few paintings that I had uh, in galleries that didn't sell for a long time, they sold right away. Oh, um, wow. so the God was just pouring his blessings upon us. Well, because and of our my my financial background, I had told Alfredo right from the beginning of our marriage, we need to save for retirement and we need to save for our children's college education. And so we had set up college funds for each of the girls. Well, it became apparent that Anna would most likely not be using her college fund. So we spoke with a lawyer right before she died. And we were in the process of using that money and a life insurance policy to fund an irrevocable trust. Mm -hmm. it, for disabled people, that's often used. It's a trust fund, but that nobody can alter after uh, the parents die. There's a trustee and the money in the trust goes for the care of that disabled person. Hmm. So we had okay. started the process of transferring her college fund into this irrevocable trust. And then she died. Well, because the money was already in process, we were able then to use that money. It became available quickly for her funeral expenses, for household expenses. And then we took our other two girls on a trip to New York City to because we love Broadway. Mm. So we went to New York City and had a two-week vacation. We were advised to do that. In our, New York, to get our, away from Our doctor told us, our pastor told us, you need to get away. Yeah. You need to get away. So mm -hmm. we did that. And that money went to pay for all of those things. And Alfredo did not paint for three months. And so we were able to um, use that funding. So the Lord knew already what was going to happen. And he helped us put things in motion that would provide for us during that time. It reminds me of the three wise men bringing the gold to Jesus. Mm. And that was provided for their trip to Egypt. Remember? Mm -hmm. Went to Egypt and they probably used the gold to live off of that while they were in. While they were there. In Egypt, yeah. So wow. he does. He, he works in advance to you know, horrible tragedies. That I so appreciate your vulnerability in telling us that that's not an easy thing. But you know, you have ministered such powerful truths about who the Lord is, about how He carries you through, about His sovereignty that he gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding in these uh, situations. Uh, that's one of my favorite verses, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Philippians 4. It's, um, boy, you know, I'm just, all these things are flashing around in my head. Get, we're never abandoned by God, no matter what it seems like. That's exactly. right. No matter what it seems like. Sometimes it takes us, a few years to realize all the ways he care has cared for us. Yes. We don't, we don't see these things right away. Some we do, but not everything. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've recognized as time has gone by how the Lord has cared for us. Also, when Anna died, we were then able to focus on our other two children because they had, I wouldn't say they were neglected, mm -hmm. but Anna so much effort and uh, involvement just to keep her going throughout the week. 
with school and doctor appointments and counseling appointments. It was endless. And um, we just didn't have the energy on the other two. And our youngest uh, is a musician. She's a pianist and she was in theater in high school and went on to major in music at Arizona State. And we were able to be very involved in all of her activities. Wow. And now she's a therapist. Yeah, she just finished her uh, state exam. So she is now a licensed therapist. Wow. That's, you know, everything you guys have shared here, it really is. It's concrete, real world proof of Romans 828, right? That all things. Yes work together yeah, yeah. for good. And I'll tell you the other thing that has really impacted me as you've told this is how good God was. He gave you visions of there was a reason for yes, yeah. the timing. You know, Psalm 116, 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that verse has been quoted to us. So a friend actually found that verse a few months ago. And told us you're yeah. you're yeah, Craig. It, Craig, one of Alfredo's models. Mm. And he, Alfredo, he had just we had just met him, and Alfredo had told him about the death of our daughter. And he went home that day and found that verse and wow. told Alfredo about it. Exactly that. Yeah. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Yeah. And just yeah. So Precious to us, that verse, too. Yeah, golly. You know, that it is just it is such a testimony of God's faithfulness yeah. and goodness. And I'll tell you, you guys just sharing all of this and the fact that you have been faithful to him through it all is it is such an encouragement. I can't tell you it is such an encouragement that when we're facing these challenges of life, and, you know, from the outside, artist's life can seem so idyllic, and there's all of these other things taking place. And mm -hmm. to see the Lord carrying you through that, wow, it's oh, yeah. just such an encouragement. I so appreciate everything that you've shared here about that. Um, we needed to hear that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. It's, it, is, it was a tough, tough thing to go through. Um, we had a lot of friends, thankfully, our church and friends were very supportive and very helpful through it all. They all knew Anna very well. So every, people, many, many people were devastated. Her, her funeral, there were a few hundred people there to um, support us and it was, it was wonderful. Also her dad also um, gave me the uh, opportunity to dig into the Bible and, um, and see what God has said about about uh, situations like this, and mm -hmm. and I was um, both of us uh, were were suffering from anxiety, and uh, and then uh, I found the Philippians four six to seven: mm -hmm. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's one of my favorite verses. And you mentioned the other one, Romans 8, 28. Um, also, uh, the, the most simple one is, is like a Hannity says, <laughs> do, not let, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 14, 
And man, do we ever need to do that. And that's important to hear in all of our situations, because especially in the art, as an artist, you can just get wrapped up and just pushing and shoving. And uh, like you said, there's never any rest there. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We just need to go about the business that God has given us without all the extra adrenaline pumping. That's right. Oh, yeah. Don't strive. There's a difference. It's We don't just sit around doing nothing, waiting for money to fall from heaven. But it's that that worrisome factor that is not healthy. Yes. That is and, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I struggle for me because I'm more the worrier person than I am the restful person. <laughs> Be strong and courageous. Encouraged. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Joshua. Oh. There, oh, yeah. Man, and that's 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 so good on so many levels, Alfredo. That is just fantastic. What a great verse. I'm so glad you shared that. That is that is really important stuff. Wow. And Alfredo, let's talk about this as we kind of shift gears a little bit. You know, you've given us some of your background in terms of how you became an artist. How is it that you ended up focusing on your Old West, the characters you do, such fantastic characters? You're such a storyteller. How did that develop? How did the Lord kind of put this? Okay, Alfredo, this is where I want you to be. Well, believe it or not, it started in Mexico. Oh. Um, I was born in Tepic. Uh, in the state of Nayarit, between Mazatlán and Guadalajara. And uh, that town is surrounded by sierras, small mountains. And the other side of the sierras are the Indian reservations of the Coras and Huicholes, uh, the Mexican Indians. And um, when I was in, in elementary school, we used to go over there. And they, they took us there for a tour and to visit those reservations. And I was... A very, I admire their clothing, their colorful clothing, the uh, traditions, and and um, I was wondering how come nobody painted those uh, very colorful Indians, and I started uh, becoming very interested. Uh, even I was a, as a little kid, I was I was just interested and in started painting them. Um, I I I I gave away a whole bunch of my art back then, but I sold a few pieces. Uh, of the uh, Indians. And when I met uh, in 1968, uh, we had the Olympic Games in Mexico City. And Tepic, even though it wasn't one of those uh, cities that had uh, uh, sport events, there were things going on in the arts. And um, we had an art show with my 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 teacher, the one that taught me six lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we participated in one show in which I got the the, the first prize, and um, and I had a client from Texas that was visiting Tepic, and he purchased some of my paintings there, and um, and and to make the long story short, um, he would come back to to the states and then go back to Mexico, and he will bring some black and white old photographs of American Indians, mm. and he wanted me to paint from them and. Uh, so I would paint them, and uh, uh, again, I was very intrigued and, and 
and just uh, fell in love with the a, with a culture of the Plains Indians specifically, and later on the Navajos. So anyway, um, so he would, he would say, you know what, I'm, I'm 65 years old, I'm tired of traveling, and, and I was wondering, if you, why don't you come to the States? And, um, and uh, so I can help you and open some uh, art shows and galleries for you. Is that, well, I said, that, will, that sounds great. Uh, except that I, I need to finish my junior high, and um, so um, I came to the states. And um, but in order, but in the border, they didn't believe that I was an artist, and and they, uh, I was talking to some of the uh, uh, officials or officers, what do you call it? the officials there, and they asked me. Okay, how can you prove to me that you are the artist? That because I had an album there with some of my paintings, and I need to make a proof that I wasn't going to take a, a, any jobs away from the American people, mm-hmm. and uh, so I can get my green card, my immigration papers. And um, so I said, well, uh, if you want me to, I can come to to your office here and do a painting for you here in front of you, so you can watch me paint. Oh, wow. and. Uh, and he said, no, 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 I don't have the time to, to do that. And then one of the uh, workers, a lady, uh, probably the secretary there, said, yeah, 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 do that, do that. Uh, that would be a great idea. So anyway, they convinced him that I would do that. So, oh, by the way, he was the American consul in Tijuana. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. And um, so he gave me a black and white picture from his wallet uh, that, then I look at the picture and I look at him and they don't look, look at, like him at all. So he said, why don't you take this home and uh, start the painting there? Because I don't have the time to pose for you. Um, I'm, I'm working here, you know, I'm busy. And I said, okay, um, start the painting over there and bring it and finish it here so I can watch you paint. Um, and I did that. So I got my portable easel and after a, uh, after a few days, came back and um, with, with the painting almost finished, and I finished it right there in front of him, and uh, and, um, and and they love it. They they said, yeah, it really looks. He really got you. He nailed you. <laughs> and um, so um, he initiated my papers, and uh, but I still have to wait four more years. But I was getting visas for for three months. Um, uh, at the time, and then I would have to go back to Mexico and renew the visas, etc. But in the meantime, uh, I was uh, doing some shows. I was showing in in Texas and here in California. I met Mr. Mr. Holden was arranging shows for me in banks and Mr. Holden and was chef. the American that brought him across originally. Right, James. Oh, Holden. yeah, yeah. He, gotcha. he was the, the collector that, who brought. Uh, those black and white pictures of the American Indians. So he kept his word and he was really helping me. And um, so I wanted to paint the Navajo Indians because uh, I fell in love with the paintings of Brown and McGrew. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, I don't know if that was before your time or. No, I part. remember Brown and McGrew really well. Oh, he, uh, good. Yeah, he was he fantastic. Was, oh, fantastic. I still admire his work. He, uh, back then, he was living in Cottonwood in Arizona, in the, uh, very close to the Navajo Reservation. So he had this access there. So I wanted to go to that area. So uh, in one occasion, um, I was talking to Mr. Holden in, 
in el Toro, uh, now it's called uh, Lake Forest, Lake Forest California. California. Um, we were in McDonald's eating a hamburger, and I was expressing my desire to go to the Navajo Reservation and, and take photographs of the Indians and stuff so I can do, uh, so I can paint the Navajos because I just love it, the, the, the uh, colorful clothing that they, that they were wearing and their culture and everything. I said, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know anybody on the reservation. I don't know how. Well, just behind me at McDonald's, it was sitting a Navajo man who was a pastor of the of the Methodist church. And uh, and he came to me. I heard. On the reservation, right? Pastor, right. On, on the, the reservation. reservation. And oh, he's, wow. The pastor was in in El Toro. Yes, in El Toro, but he was a pastor from the reservation. Exactly. He was a long way away from where he belonged. Exactly. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it was a it was a miracle. It was a yeah. miracle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he came to me and he said, "You know, I heard you guys. I overheard that you guys wanted to go to the reservation. Well, I am I'm from that era, from that area, and um, yeah, if." Uh, I can arrange some meetings. I, I I know some old people there and some children and you know uh, my my uh, nephew has a, a, a corral with a whole bunch of sheep and oh my goodness so um, so we arranged some a, a trip over there and that was my first my my, my first trip to the uh, we went to the place called uh, Monument Valley yep. uh, near near Four Corners. Um, that's where uh, the, the state of Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah uh, get together. Mm -hmm. That's the Monument Valley area. And um, there was a little town called Vistai. Uh, I think the population was like uh, four people and, and two chickens and one dog. And, <laughs> so, and, Don't forget the goats. And, the, and lots, of, <laughs> lots of goats and sheep. So anyway, so, oh my goodness. So uh, this, so anyway, uh, he introduced me to some of the Indians there and stuff. And, okay, you want some old people? Let me tell you something. <laughs> we have a, there's a guy here that was, that is 116 years old. And uh, I think you're going to love his face. So they went to a Hogan. And, and from this Hogan comes this old man with his wife. He was 116 years old, and she was a baby compared to him. She was 98. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. They've been married forever, she said. So anyway, uh, that was another miracle. Wow. And um, But uh, the pastor introduced us, and he said, okay, you know what? Um, he said that he looked at my camera, and he said, no, 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 no. I don't want any photographs because... Some of these Indians are very superstitious. They think that the, their soul is going to go through the lenses of the camera and everything. But the pastor said to him, no, 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 no. Uh, this is not going to happen. Okay, I guarantee to you. Your soul is going to be, <laughs> it's not going to go through the lenses of the camera. It'll so it'll stay with you. So, so and he said, no, still he, he, he doesn't want to. Uh, he said, I have an idea, the pastor said. What are you speaking? speaking in Spanish to him because you know these guys belong to that era where part of California, New Mexico, Arizona and, and Texas um, used to be under Mexican rule. Mm -hmm. He may remember some Spanish 
maybe you can break some eyes there. And um, so I, I talked to him in Spanish and wow, his eyes went like, you know, open like that. And he started talking about uh, the land of, uh, of his ancestors and blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, so we, we uh, had a wonderful conversation and then he, he, uh, he gave me permission to take pictures of him and his wife. And so I did a, uh, a painting out of that uh, photo shoot uh, called uh, Bless Our Land, in which I painted both. Uh, his, his American name uh, was um, Charlie. Uh, Charlie Jim and, and his wife, Ellen Jim. And uh, his, Ameri his uh, Navajo name was uh, Anastasia Nishoni. Mm. And um, so um, we became good friends. I did a painting uh, called Bless Our Land, in which uh, was my first limited edition print. Uh, that was in uh, 1980. I think it was 1980. Wow. Uh, yeah, we already met. We met in 1980. Right. In October. Yeah, but we didn't get married until two years later. Right. Yeah. So, so that was the first ex experience. So I that was the beginning of many trips that I made to the Navajo Reservation. So that increased my interest in painting the American Indians. Mm -hmm. So in addition to that, when I was in Mexico, I used to watch a lot of uh, Western movies. Wow. I love Western movies. Even as a kid in Mexico, I used to watch Western movies. I, I love John Wayne. That was my hero back then. Um, and uh, so I don't know why. Don't ask me why. People in Mexico were asking me, why don't you like American Westerns? And I said, I don't know. I just love that. <laughs> I just love it. I just love the adventure and, and, and all the stuff. Of course, that was Hollywood. That wasn't history, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so I still keep watching some Western movies. I still like them. Um, and uh, so that increased my interest in... No, that, I started my interest with uh, painting the American West uh, wow. back then. So... After the Navajo Reservation, I went to the to the um, Sioux Reservation in South Dakota. Um, I went to visit different reservations around the country, and and the re the rest is history. You know, I yeah. I became uh, without knowing it, I became a Western artist. They put that title on me, which in real in reality, I just call myself an artist. I paint everything that that I. That is a it's a great story that's a great history alfredo uh, of hearing all of that and you know i'll tell you here's what it is you love the whole westerns and stuff it's a sign of genius just so you know <laughs> is it it is yeah and i'm not part i'm not partial at all no no, no. not no. at all we only uh, genius like Western. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, I hear all of that, and you can just see the Lord. The Lord has just had his hand on you guys in every, yes. every way. It is just, golly, what a fantastic story. Um, it, there's just so much here. I so appreciate that. You know, we're getting ready to kind of kind of wrap up our time together. I have just a couple more questions of uh, get your insights into how do you view art as ministry well that is a very good question and i i thought about it in my case i see if you look at my paintings there's always a light mm. light uh showed in the face of a person 
I see light. I see the light because uh, as Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And I always try to do uh, paint, paintings in which uh, uh, the main figure is, is uh, receiving all the light and the, the rest of the elements in the background are the secondary, the supporting actors, mm -hmm. you know, but the star of the movie, the star of my paintings is always the guy that has most of the light. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the re the rest follow that. Like uh, uh, if you notice the 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 painting of uh, that you saw at the Brisco, the mm -hmm. one that got the award, mm -hmm. uh, the main figure is the one that has the most the, the important light. Is the the the, uh, the prospector, the the old prospector. Yes, the prospector has the uh, uh, the spotlight, the spider yeah. on his face. Yes. And that's the main character, and the the others are supporting actors, and they receive the same light, but it's more, is it has less important less importance uh, than than the main character, and um, I guess um, I have I, every once in a while that I every once in a while every time that I put that I post one of my paintings on Facebook because I, I want to see the reaction of people, and people will tell me that way if. Uh, the painting is a, a, a acceptable or not. Mm -hmm. um, I receive a whole bunch of uh, uh, comments, and they all talk about the light. The light mm -hmm. that is the most uh, prominent thing in my paintings. That's what I look for. And I see, I see it as a ministry in a way. Uh, I see uh, um, also the uh, the subject matter um, when I paint, especially. Uh, uh, a mother or a father or a grandmother and um, teaching children, reading stories to them. Mm. I do that. At, um, even even the uh, the Indian characters, you know, there's always some some message that I that sometimes I do it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. You know, I just uh, I'm just looking for the light, the composition, and. And for whatever reason, you know, the, my composition ends up being like, like a triangle, like the uh -huh. like the Holy Trinity. I never even thought about it until I see. I I did a painting. Um, oh, the painting that I told you that I did for the church before yes. we got married. Yes. No painting, no wedding. Um, uh, based on Matthew eleven twenty eight. Mm -hmm. Um, right in the middle of the painting, there's a triangle coming. A, a, a light coming in the form of a triangle coming from heaven in which shower that light showers Jesus and he has a little dove in his shoulder showing the Holy Spirit and a, a little lamb on his feet by his feet um, uh, which is the the, the, the lamb of the, the lamb of God yes and um, and so it was a symbolic type of painting uh, but very realistic with mm. you know you can paint realism and and being symbolic at the same time absolutely and, um, so um, i do it unconsciously i think the lord the lord really guides me to paint that light and to minister to people that way yeah. um, i've heard comments because they're not my paintings of course but we have heard comments more than once uh from people who tell us that his paintings just speak such joy and peace to them. Wow. And I think 
Alfredo uh, embeds his values in his paintings. He yeah. sees the beauty of God's creation, the peace and joy and contentment that humans can have when they know the Lord, the love of family, um, the joy of community that, that people have. He paints the good things about the earth. Unlike so much modern and expressionistic art, they paint their angry negative feelings. Which yes. is always ugly. Ugly, always yeah. ugly. Yes. Alfredo paints what he sees in the world and he he has a very optimistic eye, but that is guided by his relationship with the Lord. You know, that's a great phrase, Cheryl. You just said optimistic eye. Um, <laughs> I think that's exactly you know, it goes back to the, you know, when you think about walking with the Lord, no matter how dark, because we know it's a dark world. Yes. yes. There yes. is constant hope because he's yes. the hope. And so that's yes. a fantastic phrase. Um, I got to remember <laughs> that. I'm going to use that, Cheryl. I won't charge you for it. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> that is just fantastic. I am, boy. Well, you guys, I, we're kind of, like I say, coming to the end of all of this. What's a, a final word of encouragement you have for those that are listening? I just hope that uh, everybody realizes that the only way to salvation is a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, coming from the uh, Catholic background in which you have to work, uh, you have to do good deeds and uh, to gain your salvation. And many religions are have that mentality yes you know actually salvation is a gift yes. it's a gift from God. you just have to accept it yes accept the gift. why are you so rebellious against it why are you so against what god has uh, you Offers know you freely. how can you how can you reject jesus <clears throat> i mean <laughs> mm -hmm. you know uh my message would be i guess you mean my message to an artist or a message to anybody, anybody in general? Anybody who listens to this podcast, anybody that's going to hear your voice. First of all, we need to realize that we are living in a broken world and we're going to go to trials and tribulations while we're here. But there is hope. Jesus said when he left, we ascended into heaven. He said, I'm going to go to a place. I have prepared a place for you. I'm going to go to be in a place where I. And uh, I will bring you. I, and I, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am. That where I am, also. you may be also. also. Then I will yeah. come. That will come. And then I will come and bring. Yeah. And, and, and bring you with me to where I am. That's right. And, John 14. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, if you remember that, that will give you hope. Uh, mm -hmm. If uh, if that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what what else. I mean, yeah. uh, Jesus proved that he he is God uh, by his resurrection, yes. and uh, this is not, not a, is that a fairy tale that that is a that is a registered as a as a as a fact as a part of history that happened, and many people saw him. Uh, the Bible says that more than five hundred people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, probably more after his resurrection probably more yeah. and, um, and you know what I'm more convinced when I saw that his disciples the way they died 
yeah. when they told them, you know, uh, uh, yeah, they were, if they wouldn't die the way they did, if it was, if they weren't convinced, uh, if they weren't convinced that Jesus was indeed resurrected and he's alive. Yeah. He's alive and well. Yeah. I, I just like to tell, to say to people out there that things are, have always been tough on earth, but they are getting tougher, harder, darker times are coming. We would hope that you would find the joy and the peace and the hope that is in the Lord and be ready when he comes again to join us for eternity in his recreated heaven and earth because the other option is not something you want to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you guys covered it off. There's no way to top that. How could we pray for you? Um, just that we keep selling and that we keep being able to share the goodness that God has shown to us with others. That's our, our hope that through the work we do every day, those that we meet in our personal lives and those that we meet at the art shows and the galleries that we can be a witness to others. Mm -hmm. Art will continue to provide us with our living until we are no longer present on earth. Yeah. Wow. That's excellent. Well, we listeners, now we know how we can pray for Alfredo and Cheryl. That is fantastic. And boy, we'll be doing that. That's for sure. How can we keep in touch with you guys? His website is alfredoartist.com. Right. His email is alfredoartist67 at gmail.com. And Alfredo Rodriguez on Facebook. Yes. Super. Okay, now I'll put that in the show notes, so they'll be right there for everybody. So that way, all listeners, you can get right in touch with them, because I know Thank the you. Lord's been ministering, uh, boy, through all of this. Well, Alfredo and Cheryl, thank you so much for giving us so much time and for all of your vulnerability. And you have ministered so many wonderful things. The Lord's been right in the middle of this. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the show and for speaking with us. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for asking us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to yes, minister. to share. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Kurt, for what you do through this podcast. Well, you guys are such a blessing. Uh, it's just just fantastic. And listeners, I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, don't forget to, to share the podcast. You know, when you've listened to these episodes, boy, Alfredo and Cheryl have shared so much. The Lord's been just moving. You know there's somebody who needs to hear what they have shared to build them up in the Lord. So share the podcast with others. And don't forget, if you can, write a review or a rating uh, on your favorite podcast platform. That'll let people uh, find the podcast easier. Now, you can keep in touch with me on Instagram or on Gab, at The Creator's Calling. The music on the podcast is by Chris Matson Worship, and you can follow him on Instagram or on YouTube at Chris Matson Worship. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And please, join me next time as together we follow Jesus and listen for the Creator's Calling. Bye for now.